Hello, welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm Casey Rossi, your transformative business coach. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce my next guest on Women Developing Brilliance. Her name is Kay Fabella, and Kay is a storyteller and a brand strategist. I'm going to go ahead and read her bio for you, but welcome, Kay. It's awesome to have you here. Thank you so much, Casey. I'm honored to be here. Uh, Awesome. So Kay is a storyteller and a brand strategist who crafts words for entrepreneurs to master their message pivot their business efficiently, and connect with people who they were meant to serve. A Los Angeles native based in Spain, she's worked with solopreneurs to Fortune 500s in English and in Spanish. She's also been featured as an international speaker, writer, and storytelling expert in the Huffington Post and El Paris. When Kay's not making brand story magic, you can find her with her Spanish husband and their two cats eating their way through Europe or a jet setting between LA and Madrid. It sounds absolutely divine. Every part of that is like amazing. So Kay, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. I'm so looking forward to diving in and thank you for having me. It's an honor to be able to share my story with your audience. Uh, Thank you so much. So how did you get involved? Tell us a little bit more about yourself and what brought you to kind of becoming the story finder. Sure, absolutely. So basically, as you said, I'm right now I'm the story finder for pivoting entrepreneurs. So in a nutshell, what that means is if you're in the process of rebranding or even just trying to create a micro pivot or looking for a way to upgrade your story in a way that people will actually connect with and move your business forward as a result, then I'm the person to help you figure out what that story is and how what to say and how to say it so that you'll be able to attract the people that you're trying to reach. And so how I got into that, it's kind of a funny story story <laughs> story um, <laughs> I have always been a storyteller and I think it actually started from when I was much younger growing up in Los Angeles so my uh, my parents are both uh, immigrants from the Philippines now naturalized citizens in the US and so the funny thing about even growing up in a place as diverse as LA I would always get this sort of follow-up question of where are you from? No, where are you really from? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And I think that, you know, when you're younger, the last thing that you want is to stick out. You want to belong. You want to blend in. You want to just, you know, be accepted and liked by your peers. And so every time I got that follow-up question, because I moved schools a lot as a kid, I used to get really defensive and agitated. And I don't remember when it happened, Casey. I don't think there was like a light bulb moment. But there was a just this kind of internal shift that happened when I was maybe around seven or eight. And I decided, you know, instead of clenching my fists, every time I get that follow up question, I'm going to open my hands and share my story. Mm-hmm. And so I just explained who I was and where my parents were from and that I was I was really from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I found that that actually started dialogues with people. And I realized very early on the power of stories, not just the stuff that you see growing up in L.A., close to Hollywood, but also just on a very personal level, how I could change somebody's complete worldview just by telling them who I was. 
And so as the story expanded for me, because then, you know, I went to school on the other side of the country. And then, as you said earlier, I'm now based in Spain. So I started adding different chapters to that story as I traveled, as I called different places home. And as people would always ask me that follow-up question of where are you really from? <laughs> so I've, I found that, you know, not only could I share my story, but I was also very able to connect to different groups of people or to opposing views of people in a very natural way. Because I think that when you grow up sort of, I don't want to say on the margins or as an outsider, but mm -hmm. as somebody who's very obser observational of people, it allows you to exactly understand and empathize with wherever someone's coming from and find a way to connect the two. Instead of seeing them as different opposing views, you see them as entities that have so much more in common and finding that link through language, through connection, through communication. And when I w decided to open up my business here because I wanted a way to move back and forth between Spain, where I'm now based, and Los Angeles, where my parents are from, I wanted to live that sort of location independence lifestyle, but I wanted to do something of service to people. And I realized that so many different brands and businesses depended on being able to connect with their audiences and they weren't doing it in a way that resonated. And lo and behold, it was actually using something that I've spent my entire life training for, which was Amazing. figuring out what people's stories are and connecting people through that. So that's what I do now. Wow. That is so incredible. It's so powerful that you were able to kind of harness a skill that in the beginning felt a little uncomfortable, but then just through like intuition and practice and then seeing the power of it and connection that you kind of, it's like the perfect entrepreneurial story that you just kind of crafted it and made it work for you. It's incredible. So um, how often, like you do a jet set, do you have clients then all over the world that find you? Absolutely. And I think being in Spain, it was only natural that with a Spanish husband and being here for going on eight years now, I had to learn Spanish. And so I operate in both languages around the world, um, which makes time zones quite fun. <laughs> yes. As I'm sure you know. <laughs> wow. And I saw that your website, that you even have a Spanish version of your website. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting to see how your story doesn't exactly, it's still you and it's still your authentic story, but finding a way to adapt it to the cultural context in which you're in has been very interesting as well. So it's not just I'm hitting Google Translate and something comes out. It's, you know, how do I still continue to share a little bit about myself in both languages? And that's been a lot of fun too. That's a really good point because with the cultural differences, it probably doesn't translate 100%. And do you find too that people in Spain like have similar values as far as like everyone wants to find a dream client, no matter where you are worldwide. I mean, anybody that's in business, I think one of the main goals is to communicate authentically and to find your dream client. Do you find any major differences between different countries or is it, is there like a universal core and then some nuanced layers? Like how do you find that? So I would, I, I hate to paint things in broad strokes, but I have found certain patterns and what I would say for sure is maybe not necessarily just a Spain thing, but a European thing. There's a huge difference in how Americans communicate, how North Americans communicate, and how Europeans communicate. And I think that it's interesting going even to networking events, right? So in Spanish or English here in, in Spain and around Europe, 
versus going to one with mostly Americans, Americans are very straight and direct and to the point like, hey, here's my business. This is what I do. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, there's no sort of windy road around. No, it's very, very direct, right, in general, uh-huh. because you know, everybody's kind of competing for time and attention and they know that. And I think that Europeans tend to over-apologize and over-explain. So I've actually worked with some of my clients have needed help, not just with writing their stories on their website, but also how they pitch. So European clients who are trying to pitch to VCs in Silicon Valley only have a short window. So they can't get lost in the, oh, English isn't my first language, and I'm sorry if I make mistakes, and the sort of preamble that a lot of oh. I think Europeans tend to do, especially when they're nervous. It's, a, it's natural, right? They're not... They're not really, I think, as taught to talk about themselves. I think no one is, but especially that's a big difference I've seen in kind of networking events or the way that we communicate in business in Europe versus America. And I think the other thing that I would add to that would be that in the way that we communicate, so building relationships, I think, is also um, really important for Spanish cultures. I think Mediterranean cultures and Latin American cultures as well. There, it's very much about social proof and who you know. I think even more so than maybe an Anglo context. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Which is very interesting. So I found that you know um, initially. I used to offer, I think as many people would like coffee chats, like you would physically go downtown and you would meet with different people. And I'd find that English speaking or native English speakers tended to be very, again, to the point, like let's, you know, respect each other's time as much as possible because we're just looking for an outcome here, which is, you know, there's, there's credence to that, but you know, it's just a different way of operating. But all my native Spanish speakers, when they wanted to meet for coffee, coffee's to turn into two hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which would be, and there's no sort of way of kind of stopping it. It just is like, you're naturally like, oh, where are you from? How long have you been here? You're swapping stories back and forth. And it's only when they, f- they literally feel that they know, like, and trust you and that they vetted you by having that good feeling and that kind of, you know, solid base of connection with that person that then they remember you and decide to either hire you or refer you to a friend and then share their contacts super generously. So it's just, it's a little bit more work, I guess, up front, but it's worth it in the end because once you have a Spanish person supporting you, they'll support you for life, which is awesome. Yeah, they're so loyal. It really goes both ways. And I would love um, for more people to adopt that no matter where they are, because it truly is about relationship. And you can't truly connect with somebody. I've often thought about that even when many people offer a discovery call that's 15 minutes, because it's almost like, how can you connect in 15 minutes? And the world is so rushed in general. So it's so refreshing when actually somebody can like relax into a real conversation with you and compassionate listening and truly care, not care because it's a strategy to come around the back end to say, okay, here we go, you know? So I really think that's very sweet. I found that when I've traveled in Europe as well, like even the meals and coming from New York, it was just like, why is it taking so long, you know? And then it was like, once we got into it, you know, and each trip, it just, then you just marinate and you just know that your meal is going to be two hours and it's a time to just relax and enjoy and be with your company. And it's quite different from like, you know, lunch in 20 minutes, <laughs> you know, that you scheduled three months in advance. Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Oh, that's amazing. So I would love it if you could share maybe a business stumbling block that you've experienced. I know as business owners, it's kind of a windy road. It's not just one straight trajectory to automatic success and being a fabulous speaker, writer, and working with Fortune 500s. In the beginning, if you could rewind a little bit, could you share a business stumbling block that you had and how you overcame it? Absolutely. So I initially, so the other part of the story that I didn't share earlier was that my business was actually a way for me to create a portfolio for a master's degree in marketing that I was applying for because I wasn't planning on opening a business. I wasn't planning on really starting one. And it just kind of found me when I realized that I really loved doing that. And I didn't end up applying for that master's degree. And funnily enough, a couple years later, I'm now teaching at one of the schools that initially rejected me. Wow. Full circle. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, back to your question about a stumbling block. I think that once I realized this is something that I was good at and something that I wanted to do and I started to get my first clients in the door, I originally was only going to operate in English. I thought, well, this is, you know, I speak a language that's international. I can get clients from anywhere. I don't have to necessarily worry so much about speaking in Spanish, which is harder, I think, when it's not your first language, you didn't grow up speaking it, and it's not a business context. So I went to a offline, an offline online marketing course. Yes. <laughs> um, I went in person to an online marketing course here in Spanish because I figured I should understand a little bit more about the context of where I am because like you, I love learning. And I spoke to the person afterwards who was giving the class and I said, thank you. That was super informative. I'm Kay Fabella. I'm a storyteller for brands. And she said, that's really interesting because I have, you know, I haven't seen anyone speaking about brand storytelling in the Spanish speaking world yet. Would you be interested in writing a series of guest blog posts on my site? And I was like, wow, I knew that she was kind of a rising star in online marketing in the Spanish world, but I didn't realize how much until when those posts went live, they crashed my website. (laughs) Wow. It was insane. And they still brings me traffic today. The quotes that I wrote in those posts have now ended up in different, you know, uh, international banks and like massive marketing agencies around the world in Spanish. And it's been really, really crazy how much repercussion that that series of posts has had. I am so indebted to her. That's amazing. The thing that I didn't have in place, which is the big stumbling block was, well, because I, as I said, I wasn't planning on operating in Spanish. Nothing on my website was in Spanish. (laughs) Oh boy. I didn't have a way to capture emails. I didn't have anything. I was actually a very, very embarrassing patched together DIY WordPress website that I just kind of threw up there and was like, listen, the important thing is getting out and finding clients and serving people. I'll worry about the website later. But there was no way in my very limited CSS and HTML knowledge that was going to have all of that up before these posts went live. So inevitably... I didn't have the website in the language of my people who were coming. I didn't have a, a way to back it up because when it went down, I had to kind of essentially start over, which is a blessing actually. And now in retrospect, and I didn't have a way to capture those emails and actually continue the conversation with people who were genuinely interested in learning. Wow. So that was a big learning lesson for me. Like, Oh wow. I should really have my stuff together. <laughs> But you know what? You said so many good things in there. You know, it's like the start before you're ready. Just get it out there with with the intention of service. And you can fix it on the fly. Because I think it's so um, 
common for especially newer people, but even people that are rebranding and pivoting to want it to be perfect, polished, have the social proof and all the testimonials in place, which is fabulous. But if you don't have that in the beginning to just get it out there, and I think you really do learn on the job and you kind of like hone down your skills and you do end up perfecting things. But as you go, kind of it's perfection in motion, which is very fluid and and not static. So I just love that you were so brave. And I mean, we have a hard enough time communicating our message in English. I can't imagine having to do that in a second language as well. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, hats off. Thank you. I appreciate that. And then piggybacking off what you just said, I think you, like you said, it's, you know, perfection is just another way that we procrastinate, I think as business owners and as people who are either newbies or people who are thinking of pivoting because we, it's easier to kind of stay comfortable in what we know, even if it's not something that knowing that there's this tension between where we are and where we want to be, but we're like, but no, let's just stay here and tweak and fiddle and put together that pretty website and tinker around with brand colors and play around on social media and put up really cool posts and say that we've, you know, we've done our due for the day. And, and I think there is something to be said for uh, the universe kind of responds to forward to forward action. It moves where it sees movement. And and another part of it is also just your story is always going to be in progress. Your story is constantly evolving. So there's never going to be a moment where it's perfect and ready for, you know, that like three bullet Ted talk or (laughs) whatever it is. Right. And even that three bullet Ted talk, you know, tomorrow is going to be outdated from where you are if you've progressed immensely. So it's just like you said, kind of betting on yourself and, and not waiting for everything to be just right for you to move forward. Absolutely. And people don't necessarily gravitate to just right anyway. I mean, I know that they want to be a part of your story. That's one thing I've so appreciated with you because I kind of stumbled across you last November when I was in the middle of prepping for a rebrand. And it was really like magic. I ended up watching your Facebook Live and it was literally like you were in my living room speaking to me, talking about the fears that I was having in that moment. If I rebrand, will my people follow me? You know, how can I pivot with purpose? Because that was so important to bring that alignment with me to a new audience. And it was incredible. Like it truly was like right time, right person. And so that part was powerful. But then I think coming into your world and joining your Facebook group and really kind of just watching you because I really feel like you're someone to emulate. I really feel like you've nailed your message you're so put together, but you're also so real. And that combination is magic. And so back to the authenticity, it's like, if you had something, you didn't keep it from your audience. We would have an email in our box that would be like, hey guys, this is life and this is what's going on for me. And this is where, where I plan to go. So I think that that's such a crucial point to keep our audience right there on our journey with us and that polished perfection, it doesn't really work. You know, what works is like friends. Like I want to seriously see you succeed and I know you feel the same for me. So and we're only digital buddies, you know, I mean, (laughs) like real life, you know, interaction, but it's this true sense of like, I want you to win, you know, and I know I feel that same support from you. 
Exactly. And like, you know, likewise, I mean, when you came into my community and I just saw like how willing you were to ask for feedback and, you know, the fact that you were transparent. And so I'm more invested in, in your success because I've seen the kind of messy bits as you were getting that pivot up and running and seeing you kind of take it to that next chapter in your business in a way that feels good to you. So, and that's, and that comes back to a larger thing, I think of why stories are so powerful and why you should be sharing your story as much as possible. Like you said, with your audience, Mm -hmm. because people are invested when they see chapters one through 10, not when they come in at your perfect chapter 11. Yes. Right. They, they're much more likely to, like you said, follow along, root for you, you know, give you feedback, support you, even from a distance, as in our case. And only if they feel that connection and they see even the messy bits of your journey, because that means that they know how hard you work to get through all of those different chapters. They know how you know, vulnerable it was for you to share those things that were not necessarily finished or polished or, or ready as maybe you would hope they would be. And, and that means that, you know, you have people in your corner. I mean, every single story that I've shared where I've been my most vulnerable when, you know, I lost my grandmother back in California a couple of years ago, when I went through, a, I, I lost a, a partnership that I was hoping would work really well for me. All those stumbling blocks that you asked about earlier. Those are things that once I've learned the lesson, I don't like keeping those things because I know not only can I process it by sharing it with other people, but I, my hope is that my audience will follow along with me for the ride and also learn from me and learn alongside me. And we'll just lift each other up together in, in how we, you know, sort of push the sort of collective social consciousness of, of who we are as business owners who are all trying to leave our mark in the world somehow. And we do that Absolutely. through transparency and openness. It's so beautiful. And it's such an opportunity to have this like interdependency, you know, where we're independent, but we're also kind of networked together arm in arm. And I think that not only can we learn from one another's stories, but I think a big, big part that I experience, but I see that people really need it is permission. You know, they really need permission to be messy. They need permission to let the mask down and to get into that nitty gritty and, you know, to kind of just be real and allow themselves that opportunity. And I think that, you know, as a business owner, many times that fear is that we're going to be perceived as weak. How can we be a leader and also kind of, be authentic and show those kind of uncomfortable messy bits or vulnerability. And that's kind of an interesting edge to ride that again, life happens. And so we don't get to just practice that lesson once, you know, we have lots of losses and lots of stumbling blocks throughout the whole journey, no matter what stage of our business that we're in. So we get to practice that lesson a lot. Very much so. Yeah. It's a, it's a constant, you, you hit the nail on the head earlier and you're like, it's not a straight trajectory. It's actually kind of a squiggly line. (laughs) It is. It is. (laughs) It is. Oh, I love it. What kind of people do you find that come to you for help? Like what is there like a common denominator? I know we talked a lot about rebranding and pivoting, but story is so crucial in copywriting and message. Could you share a little bit of the type of person that that comes to you? And then also maybe like if you have a little story that you could share of like the before they came into the Cape Fabella world and then the after. 
Absolutely. So I think that, like you said, story is something that touches all of us. So that's like, like I said in my bio, I work with solopreneurs to Fortune 500s. You know, Google and Standard and Poor have very different needs and where they're communicating their story, even internally, which is normally where companies hire me for. Ed, from a solopreneur who's looking to kind of amplify their personal brand and, and look for a way to stand out online. There's just different ways of, of working with people where they are and helping get, helping them get to the audience that they want to, they want to hear their message. Right. Yes. So I would say one particular story that I'm really proud of is that I, I had in my, my first iteration of my program story school, which was basically me trying to find a way to serve my people who are pivoting entrepreneurs or people who are just starting out but couldn't necessarily afford my one-on-one services, I realized, well, I could do sort of take everything that I've learned from the past four years working with these different companies and create a process that they can kind of work through on their own in the course of eight weeks. And it's funny because one of my first students who came through that program came in because she had a vegetarian food blog here in Madrid and, yeah. and I could see very easily, which was great, and I still use it. I think she still has it <laughs> for resources. But I also found that as we were talking about figuring out what her story was and kind of her trajectory and what led her to come from, from Texas to Madrid, I could sense that there was something more that she wasn't as excited or lit up about this food blog. It was more this sort of, okay, this is something that I know is an interest of mine is something that I am. And it's a way for me to connect people, but I know I could sense that it wasn't her calling. Mm -hmm. So we dove into it a little bit deeper and realized that as somebody who was over, you know, a certain age for women, you know, 30 plus, she was somebody who was completely location independent, was working remotely, didn't have any sort of I guess if you would like to call it conventional ties as women would have at her age or expect to, to be having at her age of a, of a partner or kids or a mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. And she realized that that beyond a certain age, 30 plus, like women tend to face these pressures that even though they're passionate about travel, they feel that from others, from their from themselves, from society. And she wanted to find other women who she knew she couldn't be alone. And that was what she figured out in working together with me was her passion project. And that passion project in the span of three months already had 650 people. I think now they're at closing in on 5,000. That was November of last year. And it's just ballooned. And now she's creating her first ever retreat that she's having in Morocco. She's worked with women from all over the world, not just, you know, 30 plus and single and digital digital nomad or location independent, if you want to call it like her, but, you know, women who wanted to uh, walk the Camino de Santiago in the north of Spain and do that pilgrimage, uh, women who are travel, who are single moms traveling with two kids who want to show their kids the importance of travel and, and global citizenship, women who are widows or who are, you know, retirees and are like, well, it my, it's my time now. I want to hit refresh on my life and go travel the world. And I'm in, I was one of the inaugural members of that group, even though at the time I didn't qualify age-wise. I was like, can I still be here? And she said, yes, obviously you're a founding member. Aww. And I've seen all these stories unfold and I've seen just the kind of ripple effect of just knowing that this is a safe space for, for these women because of this student of mine just realizing this is, this is the tribe that I want to attract to me. I know there's other wow. people 
me, how do I create this? And, and that's the power of understanding your story and then getting out and sharing it with others. Because when you know yourself, you don't need to compete really with other people. You just naturally attract people who are aligned with your message and who feel connected to you. That is so incredible. I have the chills. It's amazing. And I think it's priceless because someone can come in with an idea that just is safe. It's safe. There's interest. You know, obviously health, vegetarianism, the diet world is like a billion dollar industry. So it feels very safe. But what a flip to really dig deep and find that passion. And look at all the women that she's touching. That's incredible. I think it's amazing. And I think too, it really takes an experienced guide to not be afraid to use their intuition to even pick out those gems and say, hey, yeah, you have a really awesome vegetarian blog. However, this little voice is saying that this would be like something, you know, that you might want to, I invite you to look at, like just to have that reflection back to yourself. Sometimes the most obvious or not so obvious nuggets, you know, we're blind to because we're so entrenched in our own individual story that we need someone else to kind of give it a little bit more of a global view story. You know, it's really cool. I love it. That's amazing. That's so cool. So I have just a couple more questions. I'm very curious. As you know, I love holistic lifestyle. I'm very passionate about business without burnout. I know you do a lot of traveling. You're busy. You're on the road. What are some tips you could uh, share with our listeners on how you kind of maintain doing business without burning out? So that's a really great question. And that's one thing that I have been on my own sort of personal journey in trying to create something that doesn't doesn't make me feel like I'm tied to it or doesn't feel like it's heavy is more asking myself constantly, you know, does it feel heavy or does it feel light in my life? And, and that has led to, you know, many decisions on a business level as well as on a personal level. And I would say setting myself up for success every day really starts with a morning routine. And it took me a while. I'm still, you know, in the process of tweaking and trying out new things, but basically it was, it's making sure that even if I'm traveling, that I always make time for myself in the morning of meditation, of journaling, of just being with myself and tuning into my own inner voice and kind of touching on mind, body, soul in some way, shape or form in the morning, whether I only have five minutes or an hour to myself, whatever it happens to be. And that can look different depending on where I am. You know, when I'm in, you know, I gave a speech recently in the Pyrenees Mountains in Spain, and I was sharing a room with a couple of other girls. And so my little space for yoga was a corner of the room. So I could only practice so much, right? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. But other days it's, you know, back here in my, uh, where I'm based in Madrid, there's a really lovely park where I can walk every morning and either listen to a podcast or just listen to Sounds of Nature or play with somebody's dog. Yes. <laughs> you know, and so I think touching on all those things in the morning and knowing that I've taken care of myself and really set myself up for success allows me to show up after I've filled my cup for others to, you know, then sit down and write that brand story for a client who's trying to be the next steps for the Me Too movement or a startup based in Italy that's trying to reach 10 different audiences. Because all of those things require a lot of, like you said, intuition and 
mental energy and just really stretching myself in many different ways with every story that I'm, I, I touch and I'm helping get out into the world. So if I don't fill myself up first in the morning, then I can't be of service in the best way possible for others. So I would say a long sort of answer to your question, making sure that you set yourself up for success in the morning. And that I have seen just a ripple effect over time, how that affects everything else in my life and business. For sure. And then anybody that comes into your sphere, you're already on such a good track, a positive track. And people feel that, you know, it's just like begets like, and that energy will just attract probably more of your ideal clients as well, because it's just like people want to share that space, you know, and they really want to tap into that. I love it. And I think just even the one um, question to yourself, does it feel heavy or does it feel light? Like I was just like, oh man, that you could just, just start your day kind of meditating even on that question because so much of our um, kind of answers I think can bubble up just with that very simple question. Absolutely. It's so, it's so powerful and you, you are absolutely right. And I, I love that you are a proponent for business without burnout because man, we need you. <laughs> it's so, so true. Thank you. And um, you've shared so many wonderful gems, but if you were to leave us with kind of a, an ending or a bright light or some, some party words of wisdom, what would they be? I would say that you have the power at any given point in time to say that this is not how the story ends. You can pick up the pen or pencil, writing utensil of choice, and turn the page to the next chapter and start anew. So any patterns that you find that you're stuck in, any ways that you feel that you are, you don't see a way forward or you can think you can feel even if you can't see it but you can feel that something's not quite working you you are ultimately in control of that story it's your story and so you should be the one writing it that's amazing it's so much empowerment and it's i i absolutely love it i love you i truly adore you i really do i highly recommend anybody who needs to craft a story or get in touch with their own inner wisdom i mean that one story that you shared where someone uncovered her passion and now it's a massive ripple effect helping people around the globe. It's incredible. How can people get in touch with you and learn more and connect with Kay? Well, the love goes back towards you, Casey. Thank you so much again for having me. And for anybody who would like to, as Casey said, figure out what their story is or kind of tap back into their own intuition to maybe you're feeling a little bit stuck in business and you just want somebody to help you zoom out and see, okay, what do I, what do I really have here and what can I get out and share with others? You can get in touch at kathebella.com or you can sign up for my upcoming program, another round of story school that I'll be launching where I walk you in eight weeks to figure out not only what your story is, but the service that you're here to share and how to connect both of those to attract the people that you want to serve. Oh, that's awesome. I love that you have a new program coming up. That's so exciting. Um, So for anyone interested, again, I highly recommend Kay. It's perfect timing that she has her story school just kind of right around the corner. Is there a launch date, Kay, for that? Is there like a deadline that folks have to enter or can they enter into that kind of program at any time? They can enter into the program at any time, but I will be uh, relaunching it next month. So stay tuned. If you join my email list, you'll be the first to know. Oh, that's fantastic. Awesome. Kay, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And I just can't wait to continue to see how everyone's story unfolds. So again, thank you so much. 
Thank you again. Appreciate it. Yes. Bye-bye. Thank you.